up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast audio version. We, of course, have the video version Monday through Friday from Radio Row 12 to 1 Eastern, live on CBS Sports HQ, cbsports.com slash live. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of the podcast. Some would say it's my podcast, but I think it's more like our podcast. Joining me now on this Wednesday show. No, you show. said it was your podcast. <laughs> there may have been a drunken Freudian slip. I don't yeah, know. No, you <laughs> said it was your podcast. I'll uh, call you out on that. Brian McFadden. Yes, sir. BMAC. And Pete Prisco, PP, is that what they call you, PP? PP, no, <laughs> I don't like that. That's, I don't like that nickname. Pete. He's been trying no. to pump it up. He wants that's his PP, PP, yeah. You know, my football coach called me Petey. Petey, yeah. Petey, why? Because he was short. I don't know. Because I was kill somebody, Petey. Um, <laughs> this is a pretty. This is a good show we got lined up here, and we know this because we have it actually planned out, which is something that is rare for this podcast. First, we're going to talk some matchups, some secondary stuff, some defensive back situations. Then Mike Smith, former NFL coach, is going to join us to yep. break it down. And then we're going to talk to Ben Volan with a clip from our previously recorded video show. Again, watch it, 12 to 1 Eastern, CBS Sports HQ. And make sure and tune in to CBS Sports HQ all week long here. BMAC, Prisco, breaking stuff down. All right. When... Or, I think one of the interesting things about the Patriots, BMAC, that sort of goes under the radar is that... They've really invested in the secondary. Yep. Like Bill Belichick saw sort of, I think he saw ahead of his, saw ahead of time that this is the way the game is changing. This is how we need to play defense. And he went out and did something that was kind of rare for the Patriots and he splurged big in free agency with a guy like Stephon Gilmore. And it seems to be paying off in that secondary, right? Yeah. No question. I think, uh, a lot of fans, especially Patriots fans, were a bit confused and shocked that, that they decided to invest more in a outsider than their own in Malcolm Butler. And at that time, Malcolm Butler, granted, had some issues, but he was extremely consistent. A guy that, of course, you know, made a huge play uh, a few years ago in the Super Bowl against the Seattle Seahawks and played real good feisty football and aggressive style corner. And then Bill decided to, to use the big money on Gilmore and eventually allowing Malcolm Butler to, to walk. Now, I don't know why so many people were surprised with that, uh, 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 I guess, decision because Bill was extremely familiar with Gilmore. Yeah. Remember, Gilmore played with the Buffalo Bills, so he saw uh, the Patriots twice a year. So as far as studying film on Gilmore, you know, scouting Gilmore, just as far as getting ready for a game against the Bills, they knew exactly the player they would get. And last year we saw some issues, Pete, with Gilmore. It's not from the athletic standpoint, but the mental standpoint, having mental laps, especially in zone concepts, allowing wide receivers to have free range of finding the open zone. But this year he's more dialed in. So now he understands the Patriots way as far as defensive back football. And what we're seeing now, something they, they believe they would see when they gave him that huge deal. And yet another great decision by Belichick, considering how poorly Malcolm Butler played this year in Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, look, that's what Bill does. He's going to do it with Gilmore, too. In two or three years, he will let Gilmore walk away. He'll get another guy, go in there, beat him up. They play a lot of press man. You know that. That yep. wears and tears on you. And then he'll get rid of him, too. The secondary is one of the most amazing things to watch in all football, the way they play the secondary. They're interchangeable. Guys play all over the place. Think about where Patrick Chung lines up. He lines up at linebacker. He lines up as, as a safety. He'll come down in the slot. He can line up anywhere. Same with the Jackson kid and the Johnson kid. Mm-hmm. They're interchangeable. The young kids, they wear, they pick them up off the scrap heap. One's a rookie free agent out of Maryland. That's the greatness of Belichick right there. I mean, okay, here one. here's one. Deron Harmon. Sometimes he plays 50 snaps. <laughs> Sometimes he plays 20 snaps. Yeah. 
It's amazing how they do things. But the constants are Gilmore is a hell of a player. Yep. McCourty, Jason McCourty, had a great second half of the season. And Devin McCourty is a consistent player who can do so many things on the back end. And then he got the Chung factor, who, when he's playing up near the line of scrimmage, like a buck linebacker, yep. he's, he's really good. But, isn't, I mean, again, isn't that... Bill Belichick saw the future of football, and it's positionless. Or at least an ability... You have to have an ability to morph. Like, you can't just come out and be like, all right, we're going to play a 4-3 defense with, you know, like, straight up with these corners outside, and nobody's going to move around. Like, you have to be able to be able to morph your defense into something that can battle spread offense, can battle power run, like all of that, right? Well, when he when you were in the league, mm-hmm. how much were you on the field as a nickelback? Uh, at, at least. When I was the nickelback before becoming a starter, I probably played around 30 to 35 snaps. Now it's 65. Yeah, that's the base formation, right? yes. But, but I, I might be wrong here, but like, when even when you were playing, it was you said like before I became the starter. Yeah. It was almost like the third cornerback was the nickelback, right? Yeah, like exactly. You didn't have a designate. Now you have designated guys who shift inside well, to the but slot. He was yeah. drafted to be an no, outside no, corner. No. Yeah. Like, I know, but that's like what I'm saying. But like Nickel Roby Coleman, he's been drafted to be a nickel corner. And, I've and, been a nickel. And corner. see what when, for me, even though I was not the starter at that time, when I came into the game and we called nickel or dime, I went to the outside corner. You know, for us, the shade would move inside. Would move inside. You yeah. look at what the Rams well, doing. You were playing outside. Yeah. You didn't go back inside. Nah, nah. No. I, I was, I was the backup nickel. Right. You know, but for the most part, because the shade was so durable, he would always be the inside guy. Like you talk about Coleman, he is the nickel. Never plays outside, and that's what you're seeing with some defenses now. When you look at so many teams, you know, getting rid of fullbacks. You know, not having two backs for the most part, having three wide receivers as a base formation. You have guys that only play inside corner. All right, so to, to to build on that, if you're the Patriots and you have this malleable malleable defense and you're trying to guard against, you know what the Rams are bringing. The Rams don't change up their personnel. They're going out of eleven personnel and they're trying to run the outside zone stuff, and then they use their you know receivers in the bunch formations and, and do the jet sweeps and stuff. How how what is the matchup going to look like with the Patriots secondary against the Rams? See, that's the thing about trying to dissect the Patriots game plan. We've seen so many different game plans, Pete. We don't know. And that's difficult for media members to, 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 to say how, just imagine how players and in, in te- opposing teams feel because look at the most recent games, the Chargers. It wasn't a generic style, but they had timely pressures in place. You saw a mix of bump and run coverage compared with off coverage. There's a lot of zero coverage in that game. A lot of zero coverages, a la taking the page from the Baltimore Ravens when the Ravens had success against the Chargers in the regular season. They implemented those uh, uh, elements to the game plan. And then championship weekend, we saw straight bump and run. Straight in your in your face coverage, similar to what we saw years ago when Bill had those outstanding, difficult matchups against the Colts when they had Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Stokely, what did Belichick do? Before the rules changed. We saw straight bump and run coverages, uh, coverage against outstanding pass catchers. So you don't know exactly what you will see when you talk about the Patriots defense. Let me ask you this as a a corner and a guy who played in the nickel. When you get in the bunch, they're in the bunch, Mm -hmm. right? And you have man to man coverage. There are, what is it? What do they call that defense where they you, you switch it out? You could go one way or the other. He'll mm-hmm. take him. You take him. Yeah. Their name for that was a. Banjo? I mean, some people say banjo. Some yeah. people say chico. Uh, for me, when you talk about bunch, 
alignments, bunch formations, you're going to have three players on the same side as far as pass catchers. Right. You're going to have a point guy. You're going to have two guys right offset of the point guy. So for us, what we did was we would have a defensive back either – it would usually be the nickel, right, right. or the dime, right. but it would be a cover guy. He would play bump and run on the point, tech, point man. Now, just imagine if I'm the point guy now – Pete and Will, they're going to talk to each other. So if Will is the outside corner, Will's going to get anything that goes outside. And you would take the next inside man knowing that you're only working with the two off, uh, 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 the two back wide receivers because the point guy is gone. You know, Dick LaBoise tell us all the time, once you buy him, he's yours. You can't put him <laughs> back on the clearance rack. So for me, I'm buying the man in front of me. He's gone. You two will have to work together. You, you two take whichever one. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the other example, if you're the inside corner, uh, Pete and listeners, I'm trying to give you the best, the, the best, best example as far as listening. Just imagine a defensive formation, trips right, bunch formation. You have a point guy, which is the wide receiver, two wide receivers right behind on both sides of the point guy. I'm going to play bump and run. Pete will be the inside corner and we will be the outside corner. So the first wide receiver out of the back two wide receivers is inside. You got him. Now we'll have to work through the traffic. Will, you have to be mindful of that. No, I could get in your way, but you have to maneuver through the traffic to get the next inside wide receiver. What about when you're in bump and press man on the point man? Mm -hmm. There's a chance you could get picked off. Yeah, but you don't usually see that because because he's right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. He can't really do too much to to try to not allow me to get contact on him. Yeah, usually. And that's why I'm. both of you guys have to understand there's a chance you could get picked. So you, what we would tell our off guys that are not on the point, get, play with a little more depth. So therefore you can see, and also too, you can maneuver through the traffic. I want to go back to a play from the playoffs this year, or the regular season this year, when the Chief, the Chargers went through a bunch late in the game on the two point play. Wide open. What happened on that play? Communication. So who should have? What happened was Mike Williams ran a corner route, seven cut. So from inside. From inside. From inside. So he was the inside, he was the third wide receiver. Correct. Correct, right? So I can't remember exactly what the number one wide receiver did who was off the ball. But if he went inside, I'm telling Will, let's say you're the point guy. So you have the point man. That's your guy. Me and Will, we're only working with the number one and the number three who's off the ball. I'm telling Will, if you get something in, he's yours. So now I'm going to flow to Mike. And with Mike running inside route, I got to just try to fight to get position. But if he run a corner route, he's going to run right into me. One other thing. If you're a team like the Patriots, you run a lot of rub routes. You got it. Are you better equipped to face a team who runs a lot of rub routes? It in other words, mm. you team practice all the time. Good Have question. You, you use it? Yeah. Yeah. And also, too, that's what we saw. Remember I was talking about. And vice versa, by the way. When, yeah. Remember I was talking about Gilmore having issues, especially in zone concepts. Right. That was also bunch concepts. Who wasn't familiar in communicating right. and knowing who to take. He's Exactly. Remember they played yeah. Carolina a yeah. year ago in, yeah. in, in Foxborough and yeah. so many wide receivers? Yeah, 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 that was Gilmore. Now we're seeing a guy. He's more. He's well, uh, a coop, uh, he's well adjusted, to right. say the least, as far as knowing what to take. So. Well, you look at with the Patriots running so many rub routes from the offensive standpoint, bunch routes. Yes, they see that a lot in competitive periods, off-season workouts, training camps. So they should be 
they should be well prepared for those things. And other teams might not be, especially if you're dealing with young guys in the secondary. See, Kansas City, you know, we saw an issue with them against the Chargers, like you said. Young players in the secondary. They're not used to communicating and talking. You know, the same can be said a week ago with so many rub routes with the Pats. Yeah. Julian Edelman, they ran the same play. Julian Edelman motioned down, and they hit him right in the middle of the scene. Every third down was a rub at the, at the line of scrimmage, exactly. and Edelman's getting inside. So now leverage. at some point in time, you communicate. We have to talk, and that's the thing that made us so good in Pittsburgh. We have so many experienced players, but we used to improvise on the fly. Sometimes we did things that Dick LeBeau didn't even know we were doing, but everybody's on the same page. Will, next third down, if Julian runs motion, goes into motion from the strong side, be prepared to come off your guy and take him. And if he does not, if he don't run the route we're anticipating, I'm going to fight like heck to stay with him. I'm curious to see in this game who gets That was really impressive to do that without swearing. Because I feel like you're like, Will, if you don't get on that guy, yeah, I'm going to. I'm curious to see who gets, who wins the first couple battles of the picks. Because they both do it. They both won the rubber. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think the officials will be less inclined to call it, knowing that both teams do it? Mm. Like less inclined to throw flags on pick I routes? I think this is going to be a tightly officiated game after what happened at the championship. I agree. And, mm. I, and I, I don't want to see that. No. Sometimes I love allowing, I love when the refs allow them to play ball. But now when they're calling everything extremely tight, deserving so they will have a reason because they can't have an issue right. in the Super Bowl, Pete. Right. No, they can't. They can't. Um, all right. That was – yeah. Let's uh, let's take a – well, we're not going to take a break because it's a podcast. Matt, <laughs> uh, anything you want to add? We, we have time to get your pick, so we'll get your pick later on. Who are you leaning towards? Man, I want the Rams to win because I'm – you know, you I don't want. This, yeah, I, we know, I why, we know why you don't want the Patriots to win. I don't want the Patriots to get six Lombardis. Right now, there's only one organization that it feels good being a part of an organization that only has six. Mm. You know what I mean? So knowing you know that the it. stop, Pete. We don't know that. We don't know that. But now you know, you're. You know what? He just, he just loves Tom Brady. Something tells me the Patriots might feel like they don't want to be the only or like like they would also like to be another organization with six. Right? Hands down. Because look at they've gotten what six. Sticky Lombardi's in a matter of what, 15 years? Mm hmm. Dynasty of all time. Yeah. Oh, you're just throwing that out there right oh, now. I may be bad. Oh, my goodness. Free agency I mean, era. I mean, unfortunately, I have to agree with so you. So you're, you're rooting for the Rams, but do you I'm think the Rams will win? No. If I had to put money on it, I would bet with the Patriots. But money I'm not, line or with the spread? I, spread. Either, either, I just think the Patriots are going to win. What the spread is with two and a hook two and right and a half, now? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not betting anything because I want to root for the Rams. Because, you know, when you bet on a team, you have to root for that team. Right. Yep. So I don't want to root for the Patriots. All right, B-Mac. That's excellent stuff, man. That was some football deep dive. Bunch, I love it. A bunch of formations. you got to yeah, communicate. Bunch, bunch communicate. Coaches tell us all the time, we're not in class. We're not in the library. Talk as loud as you want. I don't care if the other team hears what you're doing. As long as we're on the same page, I can accept if, they're, if they beat us. Put it on Facebook. Who, who, what do you, that's so outdated, that's outdated, I don't even remember that. I don't, that was an old Facebook, you know, they have a new style Facebook out, right? Uh, alright, follow BMAC on Twitter at BMAC underscore sports talk, make sure and watch him at CBS Sports HQ. Let's go talk to Mike Smith. Alright, now joining the show, this is an all defensive schematic approach. I like being the least knowledgeable person on my own podcast in back-to-back segments. It happens every day, actually. Uh, Mike Smith, former head coach. Excellent. How many years in the NFL? How many years have you known Pete, by the way? Oh, gosh. 17 years in the NFL. Man. Yes. And known Pete 2002. Yeah. Yeah. So... I actually think I think I picked your Falcons team to win the Super Bowl the year you were the number one seed in the NFC. So I, I, I didn't I didn't jinx it. 
But you guys, that was a really, really good team. It was a very good team, uh, you know, fine team. Just didn't get it done on that. I mean, Rogers just Rogers just went nuclear. I mean, like, what do you what are you gonna do? You tip your cap. But then the on. other team was closer to going. Though. Yeah. Yes, that's right. The one, the one yeah. where Harry Douglas hadn't tripped. Mm. They would have went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole nother. That's story. a whole nother. Hey, that was a whole nother lifetime. Those Atlanta Atlanta Falcon teams. So they were a fun group to coach. Uh, there were some really good guys on that team, starting with our quarterback Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, and it's a quarterback driven league. You've got those QBs. You've got to step in the right direction. Well, you. I mean, look, you took over a team that people didn't think could get good quick, and you made them good quick, and you did it in part because of the defense. And I wonder what you think about these two defenses that are playing in the Super Bowl and how they will approach the various challenges. I mean, first of all, I think, like, have you have you seen a team like the Rams do what they're doing offensively, just run one formation out there and keep doing it? Uh, it's it's unique for the NFL. I'm sure you're going to see it a lot more here in the future with some of the guys that have worked with uh, Sean that are going to other teams. It is, uh, it's challenging. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the tempo, but a lot of it has to do with the window dressing that they put, that they put around, uh, the, uh, the, the jet sweeps yeah, and the, the motion jet and all that stuff. And, yeah, yeah. and those guys have done a fantastic job. Sean has a really good scheme. It's simple. He's allowed the young quarterback to come in and run it. He's able to communicate with them. And when he's able to communicate with them up to that 15-second click-off, they've gotten into the right play more times than not. And it's a challenge. They've got a great offensive line. But, Spinny, when you're coaching your defense to kind of avoid the window dressing, how do you – I mean, there are certain things you got to just stay – you know it's just window dressing. How do you coach that out of them? Well, it's eye candy. It's awful pretty. And, and that, you know, those guys uh, – have you know they have to be able to settle in and not look at that but what happens is is they run enough jet sweep with the guys that they have that you've got to be able to defend it so you still have to have somebody accounting for that jet sweep whether you're in man or zone and of course when you're coach belichick they're going to give him all kinds of looks that's going to be a an interesting chess match to see how they're going to do it. You know, Coach uh, Belichick does a great job in prep- preparation with his team. They can play two man. They can play uh, the three deep zones. They can play matchup zones. They can play spot drop zones. That is a very complicated defense, and he's going to give uh, the Rams some different looks. When you're playing the bunch formations, because they and the picks and the runs, right. they all use. They both teams use a lot of them. Absolutely. How do you, what do you tell your guys in that situation when you're in a man-to-man type situation? Well, you've got to make sure, Pete, that you're on different levels. You can't have guys on the same level. They're in close proximity. You've got to be in close proximity. And there's two different ways that people approach it. Most of the time, you want to make sure that the guy on the inside is the deepest guy because he's got the most traffic to cross up, to cross right. before he has to cover the guy. So that's the way most people do it. Uh, you can do some bracketing and play releases, lock one, and have the other two bracket and play in, inside and outside. Because Brian was saying sometimes when they played it, he would play the point receiver, yep. and the other two would, would take the one on the inside. Almost be geographically yeah. assigned. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Some people call that a limbo situation. Yeah. Uh, uh, lots of different ways. But, yeah, so you take the point off, he's matched up, and then you're going to play. Uh, the other two are going to play the two guys and zone them off. There's other times that you, what you do is you put one guy man-to-man and you have the guy that's on the point playing the guy that's off the ball. There's a chess game that goes on when you're playing a lot of man-to-man coverage against the bunch formations. What about when you play Brady? 
I mean, you played him a bunch. You played him in the playoffs that one year in Jacksonville. You played zone, and he you, you kept him in check, but he went right up and down the field. Then you played him with, what, Tampa last year? Yes, Tampa last year. What, what would be your ideal way to play him? If you even if you had the Rams players, like for example, they have pretty good corners in Tweed and Peters. Oh, they absolutely do, and and of course Wade Phillips is uh, one of the greatest uh, defensive coaches that ever coached, uh, and Wade's doing the same thing that he's been doing for a long, long time. Uh, he's going to line up and he's going to play quarters and he's going to match. I think that you, if you have the athletes that can match up, you can you can work that as your number one thing, but you've got to give a number two and a number three. If you give the same look to Tom Brady, he is going to cut you up. There's no doubt about that. He's that type of quarterback that once he sees what you're in, he knows to go with the football. Well, because he's yeah. against like the Chiefs, for instance. He's you know Edelman was beating the Chiefs up the middle, across the middle, and, and eventually they shaded the safety in. And Brady's like, "That's fine. You yep. put Gronk in one on one, and I'm going to beat yep. you with a slant." I mean, like, absolutely. And Gronk, a- you know, Gronk had not caught a whole lot of passes, no. yeah. but. They, they were putting resources somewhere else. They're putting towards Julian Edelman. Okay, right now, boom. Hey, Gronk's going to have, hey, he's going to have his opportunities. And when he does, he's got to win. And a lot of guys now in the league talk about how you can't allow the receivers to have their free releases anymore. It's just it's stealing for So how do you, aside from playing a lot of aggressive press man, how do you prevent that from happening? Uh, well, you, I think it's not always having to play press man, Pete. You've got to be able to get up there and press, and you got to have bail, bail techniques, bail techniques. Yeah, and get a, where you can get off and now have an opportunity to still have vision at the, at the quarterback. Uh, you know, a good change-up is to play just true zone where people, you know, where they spot drop. Down and distance will dictate that in certain parts of the, in per, certain parts of the game. Uh, it is going to be a fun chess match to watch this young offensive Coordinator or offensive caller, yeah. and Sean McVay, go against Bill Belichick and his defensive staff. Hey, as a, with so the theory that the Patriots or the Patriots might say, look, we're going to take out Aaron Donald as a defense. If, if that is the play, as a defensive coordinator, what's your counter? Do you say, all right, sorry, Aaron, we're sacrificing you, or are you? I mean, like, how do you how do you counter that? Well, it depends on how many you want to rush. Uh, if if you're saying that, hey, we're going to rush four or, can, or occasionally rush five, and they're sliding the protection to Aaron, you've got to tell everybody else, hey, you're going to get the one-on-one, and when you get those one-on-ones, you've got to make sure that you have an op- hey have an opportunity to win those one-on-one battles. And I think they're going to have to mix it. They're not going to be able to turn the protection the same way every time. If not, the uh, defense will be able to overload and do some blitzing and have some free runners when you're turning the when they know which way you're turning. Don't you think this will be one of those games where Belichick, because they're so aggressive on that defensive line coming up the field, will take his tight end and wham run those wham plays all day long against those guys and run behind them? Yeah, the wham play is something <laughs> that uh, Bill has done through the years. I'm getting he's been yelling wham all day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you love the wham play because you get hey, you don't get you don't see it. You don't see it. Yeah, you're, you're abusing you're, it. That's right. That guy comes charging up the field. He thinks yeah. he's going to make a play, and then you wham him. Yeah, and it's you know it's a it's a play that they've always had in their offensive playbook, and they'll do it against uh, guys that run up the field. We played a Monday night last year in Tampa, and they did it to Gerald McCoy. Uh, you've got to make sure that you're prepared to fit it the right way. Uh, either with the defensive tackle closing and spilling, and if he's not spilling it, we've got to make sure that you keep the inside linebacker in, inside. If not, there's going to be a big hole, and that's where those whams turn into wows. 
That's a damn 10-yard run. Those defensive linemen hate those whams. Absolutely they do. Uh, all right. We got to get out of here. No, 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 I, do you want to give a pick? Do you give picks? Like, how, oh, how does that I live? normally didn't, I didn't right. give picks, but out. I can give one. I can give a pick. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to say that it's going to be a low-scoring lower scoring game. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that, uh, that it's going to be in the high teens to low 20s. And I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. wow really? All right. Hey. I'll tell you yeah. what. Uh, all right. We're, 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 we got to wrap this podcast up so Pete can go do a CBS Sports HQ hit. He's a very busy man and he has, you know, to do stuff before the hit. I'll say this. I think you guys should get your own podcast. I think that'd be fun to listen oh, it'd to. It'd be fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Pete and I've known each other a long I, I time. Know. It'd be good. Yeah. It'd yep. be good stuff. All right. Mike Smith, ball. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Big Six Rundown, live from, well, we're not in the Mercedes-Benz studio, but we are in stadium. We're in the, uh, we it was the Mercedes-Benz studio. Then we'd all be getting paid by Mercedes-Benz. I'm Will Brinson. I'm here on Radio Row all week long with a Jamie Eisenberg who thinks I'm hilarious. I, I mean, I, I love your intros, your outros, getting in and out of breaks. This is, I you know, cause I. And do it like a professional, okay? So I'm here I, to have fun. I, I sit in your chair from time to time and, uh, believe me, it's not easy. So I just watching say, you stumble over yourself is a lot of fun I'm for me. I'm not stumbling. I'm rumbling. <laughs> I'm bumbling, son. That's right. Uh, joining us now, the, the one, the only Ben Volan of the Boston Globe. What's Yay. up, buddy? Gentlemen, how are we today? Route, stand, We're stand great. Thank you for having me. Uh, former colleague. Of Jimmy Palm Beach Post, the yes, yes. Uh, there's a lot being made about the Sean McVay tree. We come from what the Tim Burke tree, the, the Nick <laughs> Michelle tree. Uh, yeah, you know our former editors, the sports covering editors. high school volleyball down in Palm Beach County, Florida. Yes, yes. Uh, we ran the gamut from uh, Dolphins to, to uh, Lake Worth Christian High School, probably. <laughs> I always like to joke with Ben that he has the great fortune of like wherever you go, the storylines <laughs> follow. Like. I mean, and it happens that you're good at your job, but like you got, didn't you have Tebow in the Gators? I, I can't, I can't uh, take credit for these stories that I've covered, unfortunately. Uh, but well, I've broken your, your fair share, obviously. Uh, I'd like to think so, you <laughs> yes. know, but uh, yeah, well, frankly, it's, it's mostly with the Patriots. Uh, you know, Tebow coming was big, but then Aaron Hernandez a month after I got the job, uh, Deflategate was, 
I know people hated it. I loved every second of it. I thought it was the most absurd, you know, incredible story that played out over a year. I mean, I'm going to federal court. We're learning about ideal gas law. The absurdity of it was just incredible. Having to Um, rewatch. And then, oh, by the way, the Patriots have won, you know, been to four out of five Super Bowls now. So uh, I've covered this team for six years, six AFC championship games, four Super Bowl runs. Uh, it's not fair, I know. Everyone hates the Patriots, and probably me too. So. Do you get do you get jealous of other beat writers that get to take time off? You know, once uh, no, <laughs> no, not at all, because end? they all cover uh, coaching searches and yeah. uh, guys getting fired and hired, and which quarterback can we finally find because our team stinks. So. Uh, covering a playoff run is all good. You, you know? don't need to talk about the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins. Like <laughs> it, it's amazing. We were, I was just talking about that over there, how this is not stopping. The Patriots, you know, they're bringing everyone back. Brady, Belichick, McDaniels. Uh, there's going to be a lot of continuity. Edelman will be back, maybe Gronk. And then look at the other teams in the division. Miami's completely hitting the reset button. Uh, the Jets are building around Darnold, but they're probably not there yet. And who knows what the Bills have with Josh Allen. So... Why are they not going to do this again next year? Any team in that division is like two years away from even threatening the Patriots dynasty. That's what I was sort of getting at yesterday. Like, why, if you're Tom Brady, why would you even think about retiring? Right. Like, why would it even cross your mind? Because if you lose, now you've lost two Super Bowls in a row and people are going to start dinging your legacy. If you win, you're like, well, I'm just going to top Jordan. Like, I'm going to have more titles than Michael Jordan. And I know that's, you know, apples to oranges, but that's a thing that people do. I think he does. Athlete of all time. I think Brady does think about now in terms of, yeah, I want to catch Jordan. I want to catch, you know, guys from the 50s, uh, you know, who won eight titles and things like that. So I I think Brady is thinking. But I, I also think he had a great answer about this the other day. He just loves what he does. And, you know, he's like, I don't understand why everyone wants me to retire. I, you know, I love what I do. My family obviously loves having me do this. And once you retire, you're out, you know, you're done. You can't come back. And if I'm healthy and I can do it, the the one thing that people say, because I said the other day too, why, why are we trying to push Brady out the door? Let the man play as long as he wants. Uh, well, you know, you look at what happened to Alex Smith and maybe, you know, that with football, that's always that possibility. You could suffer a, a crippling injury and Brady's already, won everything and accomplished everything, so what more is there? But, you know, I think in today's NFL, that's probably a rarity, and Brady's better than, than anyone at protecting himself right. and, and um, you know, getting Jamie rid of the football. And, with avocados. And, <laughs> and, you know, Absolutely. Whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, uh, let the man play and let the man live out his dream. Do you think this is the most surprising post to that? Because I think, you know, you have to split up the Patriots dynasty into, like, it's like, you know, like a band gets breaks up and then gets back together, and like, you know, it's like you have to split it up into three different. Pre-Randy sessions. Moss, post-Randy Moss. Why do you think it's three? Like, I think it's like the initial one where Brady's a game manager, and then it's like, off, you know, murder everyone with offense and Randy Moss. Well, the middle then, part was, you know, frankly marked by losses, to the two losses to the Giants, course, right? and then and then now this the third. Yeah, I would agree. It's like it's a trilogy. A, yeah, they're like the Lord of the Rings. Is this the most surprising? <laughs> hey, well done. Well, that's I was good. Gonna, I was that's gonna, good. That's great. That's actually what I should have. Done. I was going to make like a reference to the band Fish, but I figured that. Nobody would like that and or get it, uh, except for like a very small niche. Uh, at any rate, is this the most surprising th- team to make it to the Super Bowl out of this third act from the Patriots? Out of the third act, yes, I would agree. Uh, you know, you could compare it to the 2001 team. I don't think people really expected them to get there. Uh, the Patriots were not underdogs. Let's be clear about that. There was they n- were underdogs in the I last the game. Chiefs. Well, right. I mean, yeah. like, yes, in that sense, I picked the Chiefs to win that game 100%. And... Yeah. Uh, no one's saying the Patriots sucked. No one doubted them. But I did not think this would be a, a season that ended with a Super Bowl berth. They went 11-5, and which is great for most teams. But uh, for them, was what, their worst record in 10 years, and uh, or 8 years, whatever it was. And they were especially porous on the road. 3-5 and five on the road. Incredibly inconsistent. Three games 
on the road where they only scored 10 points against the Jaguars or uh, Lions, Titans, and Steelers. 10 yeah. points in all those games. Some bad losses to mediocre teams on the road. So I did not see them going the into three Kansas City. coached by former Belichick protégés, too, That's which true. is like Got guys owned by Patricia and Vrabel. Yeah. Um, so, look, they were still a good team. No one was saying they suck. And, you know, everyone thought they'd be in the AFC Championship game. I certainly did not see them playing an unbelievable performance last week in Kansas City and going on the road. It's like, you know, the Patriots, Belichick, they always talk about they want to be playing their best football at the right time of the year, and they're usually coasting by by December. It took them 18 weeks this time. It took them to the bye week in the playoffs, but they figured it out. They got healthy. Josh McDaniels, I think, really did a great job of highlighting their personnel post-Josh Gordon. Uh, and the Patriots, they finally flipped that switch going into the playoffs. It is, is it a different perception? And I know the, the play, especially the three games you illustrated on the road, but is the perception a little bit different if the Miami Miracle doesn't happen because then they're hosting the AFC Championship game, they're 4-4 four and four on the road. It's a different scenario just in terms of maybe the overall looking at the record and, and playing in Foxborough in the AFC Championship. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, that one play did cost them the number one seed, and uh, it was a big boneheaded play by the Patriots, which we're not used to seeing. It was a tactical error. Yeah, you don't right. see that. Well, you had two in that game. You had the half, the end of the half yeah, for Brady, yeah. and then the one end of the game. One from Brady and one from Belichick. Uh, total, total brain farts uh, from the Patriots, which you never see. So yes, they they make that tackle. Uh, they put Devin McCourty on the field instead of Gronk. Yes, they're the number one seed, and all is good. And yeah, we're we're all probably picking them because who picks against the Patriots in Foxborough? Right. But it did. It cost them the number two. It you know made them the number two seed. However, with that win in Kansas City, all is well. All right. is forgiven. That right. that play in Miami now apps had absolutely no significance on anything. And credit the Patriots. They they really figured it out in the playoffs. And to go into Kansas City in that environment and to come away with the win was one of the most impressive wins they've had in in this entire twenty year run. Do people in the New England area buy into the underdog? Thing, or is it more just what's in the locker room and what Brady's trying to, you know, self-motivate himself? I think the 35,000 fans who showed up to Gillette Stadium to send the team off uh, believe in the nobody believes in us, you know, angle and, like, whatever. I mean, if that's what they want to tell themselves, that's fine. Okay, it's like somebody who's not from Boston. You moved there, what, like six, six years ago? It's been six years? Yeah. You, man. Um, Crazy. Yeah, no, well, you're basically a Bostonite at this point. But, like, all of us from the outside looking in... You see the chip on the shoulder with all these Boston teams. It's a little tiresome because, like, okay, look, like I get it. In two thousand one, you hadn't won anything in a while. It's like now, like the the Celtics, Red Sox, and Patriots have more titles than Philip Rivers had kids. Too. Okay, yeah, the well, no, they have they have like a permanent parade route. You know, yeah. they they block yeah. off the streets every February. But it's unbelievable how the Patriots do this more than anybody. They pull out the no one believes in this card, and they've been doing it for eighteen years. Again, they find they found like three different ways to do it. First, it was literally nobody believes in us because we came out of nowhere. Then it was everyone hates us because we're the villains. We're you know we're going to smash you all. And now it's like oh everyone thinks we're too old. Is that, I'm sorry, you are old. You have been here for 18 years. We're not rooting for you to fail, but you have to understand that at some point, like it's going to stop. And so they found a way to get this unique chip on their shoulder. It's the it's it is the weirdest motivational thing I've ever seen. Well I, I find it interesting that the team that's famous for ignoring the noise yes. and block out the noise is now embracing the noise mm. and reading all the hate and hey look whatever it takes and, and uh I never believe them when they say they ignore the noise and I don't believe them when they say they're the underdogs but whatever. You know these guys are athletes they all uh they all come from kind of everyone thinks they're an underdog story because it is. I mean, the odds of reaching this, the NFL and doing all this are, are uh, you know, minuscule. Uh, and I, I, I read an interesting story this week or a factoid that uh, 25 of the 44 starters in this game 
with three stars or fewer uh, prospects coming out of high school. Wow. So you have a lot of guys who are, you know, came from long odds. So they've made their whole lives around finding the motivation, the chip on their shoulder. And I don't think Edelman, you know, stares in the mirror every night and says, no one believes in you. But, you know. He just they... reads his book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's but... the deal with the kid's book, by the way? Like, Gronk was like, it's a, I don't know what his name is. I don't know what the kid's name is, but it's a, it's, it's a squirrel. And that fits Edelman perfectly. He's a squirrel. Uh, Edelman's Edelman? smart. The only one. People who buy books these days are kids. So if you want to make money selling love books, his book, love his book. Do you think that we in my, my kid? Been... We have a collection of Edelman. We have Malcolm Mitchell's book. We really? have like another Patriots kids book. That's we have the, the whole roster has kids books now. All right, that's, <laughs> I want to ask you about the game too, Ben. Um, Not just the Patriots legacy. I think Patriots <laughs> legacy is more interesting. I, I'm agreeing with you, uh, but I do think like, what do you think the because the Patriots. We get lost in all the shuffle, but the X's and O's of what they do best is Bill Belichick, and it's been said for years, he takes away what, you know, what the team's top weapon, or he picks one thing to take away. What is he going to do offensively and defensively in terms of taking away from the Rams? Because they have a ton of weapons. I mean, they have Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Todd Gurley, or C.J. Anderson, we don't know. Todd Anderson. Todd Anderson? Yes. C.J. Gurley? C.J. Gurley. C.J. Gurley's a good one. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Patriots offense. Okay. If I could place one bet this week, and I don't bet, I would bet Aaron Donald will not have any impact on this game. The Patriots wow. will take him out. Social media, clip that They one. will double-team him. They will triple-team him. They will let Michael Brockers win the game. They will let Mark Barron win the game. They will not let Aaron Donald wreck the game. And and that goes for Sue as well. They will have... The Patriots' offensive line has been outstanding. Dante Scarnecchia, another unbelievable performance uh, by the offensive line coach. The, page, the When they played in 2016, they were literally triple-teaming Donald on some passing plays. They will not let those guys beat them. I think the Patriots will pound the ball like they've been doing all playoffs. You think they'll try and run it with Sonny Michelle? They're a running team now. I think two tight ends, uh, fullback James Devlin. They might spread it out. Some third down shotgun runs with James White. They're a running team first. Uh, it sets up their play action. And look, the Rams have some good pieces. Aaron, this is not a knock on Aaron Donald. They will not let Aaron Donald wreck the game for them. Uh, defensively, I think it's uh, Todd Gurley. I think it's going to be almost a redux of the first Rams game where they made sure they put a body on Marshall Falk wherever he went. They they chipped him. They bashed him all game long. And it's it's all about Todd Gurley with this offense. They run the ball a ton, and they play action you to death. So I think they will put bodies on Gurley. But to me, it's all about Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower. Those guys are in the hot seat this game. All that play action. Do they bite? Do they play it safe? Can they play the run when they're in their nickel and dime package? The Rams, they love to spread you out. So the Patriots linebackers are on the hot seat. This Do game. you have to fear Gurley at this point in the passing game? Because he's really been non-existent since the knee injury. And C.J. Anderson obviously is not a pass catcher. Uh, in the passing game... I mean, Gurley is still a checkdown guy, a screen guy, and I think having the two weeks. Oh, I, I think I think having the two career, weeks yes, will but, be will be helpful. Okay, because I, I mean, mean, obviously the last two games he's been just such a non-factor, and you just right. wonder if that's where they may try and save him a little bit, but they don't have anybody to sort of take on that role. Sure, uh, orthopedics are only a side hobby of mine, but I would think that two <laughs> weeks uh, should be enough for Doctor Volan. Yes, for Gurley, call me pro football doc. Um, I don't know. I, I just tend to think that he'll still uh, be significantly involved, and, and I think the Patriots have to stop him. For, I don't think they're worried about Brandon Cooks. I think they respect Cooks and Woods. Uh, Woods is a very uh, an underrated, excellent receiver. Underrated receiver. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent it, route runner, pass catcher. Did, was it Troy Aitman? I don't want to bash Troy Aitman. Troy Aitman, he's like, Robert Woods might be the best receiver in football. Like, he did, I believe he did say that. Like, it, maybe it, bump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it's such a different offense, though, without Cooper Cup in there. I mean, they had yeah. that extra piece. 
it'd be such a different matchup because then you really have to take away what Goff has been doing or was doing. When, when but see, what Goff, uh, they run more play action than any team in the league. They it, So, again, not to detract from Goff, but a lot of that is scheme, and they create a ton of space in the passing game with their play action. So that's why I say it's all about the linebackers. And, you know, the Rams run a, a bunch of two-man routes, and that's when they make their biggest games yeah. a lot of times. Um the Patriots know all about Brandon Cooks. I don't think they're worried about Brandon Cooks. Uh, they traded to the exactly. Rams. I mean, exactly. You can have a revenge game all you want, but there's a reason they traded. You know, Higby is a solid receiver. That's a guy you got to worry about him leaking out of the backfield. And look, Sean McVay is an unbelievable coach. This guy, um, you know, it's such a cliche, but he he really is like Greg Maddox with just constantly changing speeds and, and keeping you off balance. Just Greg Maddox? Yeah. I Sean like McVay is Greg Maddox. He throws a bunch of change-ups when, when how they snap the football. Yeah. Quick snap or, you know. Uh, That's how he shattered the Cowboys. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they just, they keep you on your toes. They don't substitute at all. It's all, you know, three wide receiver yeah. personnel. And uh, he's just a master at kind of mixing him. So I think this game's a shootout. I think we're looking at 40 to 37. Things to be, you know, whoever touches the ball last. Wow. Um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, the Patriots, like I said, uh, it's all about those linebackers. Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, not the fastest linebackers, not the best in coverage. Can they stay home, not bite on the play action, and not give up these big plays? I love it. I was going to ask him for a pick, but Ben Volen gave it to me because you, you know me so well. Uh, we got to take a break. So I'm, I'm going Patriots, right by the way. 40-37. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, I assume so Patriots cover, not that you're a betting man, but barely. Sounds good to me. All right, cool. Uh, 40-37 is Ben Volen's prediction. He's with the Boston Globe. Read his stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Ben Volen. 